0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. You're on SAFM and this is Life Happens and my name is Pamela Modeni You're listening to the music of Malika featuring Ringo Mtulisi. Now, a young lady from Uganda has staged a protest essentially asking why is it that uh, she was cropped out of images uh, from Associated Press's news agency's newsletter when they posted images of Greta Thunberg, for instance, and others that were in the same conference that they were. They had just gone to Davos. And I also want to just highlight the that South African uh, Ayaka Militafu, who's 17, was also there alongside other activists as well. So she's also a climate change activist. And it just kind of brought to question the idea of whose story is it anyway and how the story gets to be told. Joining me on the line is Professor Glenda Daniels, who's Associate Professor of Media Studies at Fitz University. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, it's a pleasure. Prof, this young lady is bringing up really, really important questions. First of all, she, she has said herself, her name is uh, Nakate, that is her name. She's from Uganda, Vanessa Nakate, she's 23. And she says with shock and horror, she realized that on Associated Press's news agency's newsletter, she was cropped out of these images and she asks the question, What was it about? I cried, she says, for Africa. I didn't just cry for myself. And she said, it showed how we are valued. It hurt me a lot. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And she also questions, is this racism? What's your take on this, Prof?
1: Well, I think in terms of whose story is this, climate change is all our story. Mm -hmm. And um, all of our story, the whole world story. And Africa is, the continent that is and will continue to suffer the most from change. the fact that we actually have activists from our continent going to uh, a huge established mainstream um, conference such as Davos is a big thing and for a young activist climate change activist from Uganda to be cut out of a picture is indeed a very painful thing it could well be racism I don't know what the motivation was of the news agency that did it. Uh, Were they trying to make space in the picture? Were they racist? And, you know, if it was about space, why didn't they cut out one of the four white girls? So it does be questions. And obviously, you know, a young activist, 22-year-old such as her, would feel the pain and would have cried, etc. And it's totally understandable. But I also do believe that what's happening right now, the the uproar about the issue is a good thing. And, you know, it would ensure that these agencies think about the issue, think about how they're dealing with certain subjects in their pictures and in their stories, to be not more sensitive, but, I mean, what was it about? I can't actually understand. How do they... And cut out the picture of one person and the person who happens to be black. Mm. You know, it does ask,
0: it does beg the question, was this a deliberate thing? Prof, so, one of the reasons why this really also again sparked my interest was that a few weeks ago, in fact, Retta herself had tweeted something quite interesting. She didn't give context as well, but she said, Africa's voice too needs to be heard in our fight against climate change. And I, it, it kind of made me think, hmm, I wonder where this comes from. What is this about? I don't, you know, sit in private meetings with climate change activists. I, I don't know what's happening internally. But what is your sense of this mm-hmm. every now and then hearing people say, well, Africa's voice needs to be heard. This young lady mm-hmm. Come, mm-hmm. coming forward. Yes, absolutely. I um, mean, you know, I agree with Greta, and the reason
1: probably why she's saying that is because she knows that uh, the majority of voices at World Economic Forums, Davos, etc., are not, you know, Africa's in the minority, a minority voice, small players, and uh, victims of the, the big industrial countries that emit the carbon uh carbon, you know, CO2 emissions, such as the US, China, etc. And um, so that's the one issue. The second issue is that, in fact, Go ahead, people speak on behalf of Africa and about Africa and not Africa themselves speaking about our own conditions. So I think that's what Greater must have been referring to and now Indeed, in South Africa and the rest of Africa, you know, we're getting more and more voices uh, talking about climate change. These things and voices should absolutely be embraced. And so I would still like to, you know, besides an apology from the news agency and what they said that we've had Vanessa on our stories and used her picture many times, does not answer
0: the question. About why, in this particular instance, why her picture was cropped up. Let's talk about how we can form our own narrative. So we, we, you know, we are obviously speaking about the story because this young lady decided to highlight it. But perhaps it also goes to interrogate our own prejudice. We, we are not. I mean, it was the first time that I had heard of the South African young uh, climate, climate uh, uh, change activist, Akaya Melitafa. Mm-hmm. If she was able to go to Davos and represent us it's it's almost with shame that I say we haven't really made much noise about her here.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree with you. I think the media in South Africa hasn't caught up with this. You know, all climate change activism and marches and you know, or whatever's happening around the world, it's also happening in South Africa. But to a lesser extent, you know, we don't have these Green Fridays where everyone's out protesting, et cetera. Nonetheless, there are huge issues to tackle, you know, in South Africa. The the issue of coal and Eskom, The fact that we still reliant on coal when we have sunshine. The fact that the, the government's not pressing the on button for renewable energy. There's so many things to protest about. And in fact, people are protesting about it. But somehow... We're leaving it to little niches, you know, in certain newspapers, for instance, they will have an environmental reporter doing the sort of reporting. But this is not a niche area. This is a mainstream area, and it affects all our futures, and it affects the future of our children and our grandchildren, and it affects the future of our country. So as media, we really, really do have responsibility to explain what's going on. And to educate the public, to be conduits of information, reliable, truthful information to the public, that climate change is a huge issue. There are facts, there are scientific scientific facts about this. And, um, you know, the media in this country do a fantastic job on all sorts of other things. But I think, I really do
0: think that we'd be left behind in terms of climate change issues. To to what extent is this about two things? Number one, attitudes in the newsroom, uh, particularly at the top, those who um, send out journalists to go cover particular stories. Number two, budget. So if you have a limited amount of budgets and only X number of journalists and you want to choose between uh, a protest in Deep and covering a protest around climate change, you're likely to 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 ask journalists to go to what you feel as the editor is important. So so that's what I mean by 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 attitudes. Because until we we as a as a collective agree on its importance, you know, you will then use the journalists for that being important for what you think would deem to be important. But secondly, ov- obviously, the, the very lim- limited resources that are in the newsrooms where you've got to this tossing tossing this coin about is this important? Is this not important?
1: So, oh, oh, um, on both your issues, the second issue is that geeks um, in journalism have all but disappeared. You know, it's mainly politics, and the have shriveled due to retrenchments over the last 10 years, which is the most unfortunate, it's actually a sad and tragic situation. So, museums are depleted of resources, budgets have been cut. And I don't know what the solution to that is, but I know that media companies, you know, uh, unfortunately cut in the newsroom first, and they cut travel budgets first before they cut the top management structures, which is exactly what they should be cutting. That's the one. And the second thing about what news editors will be sending reporters out to cover, say, say the deep story yesterday, it's an important story and of course it has to be covered, but I saw one television station had covered it for 45 minutes as though there wasn't any other story mm-hmm. happening yesterday. So, mm-hmm. for example, what if there was a climate change process? Would that have been completely neglected so that you could have 55 minutes coverage of this? You know, it was a terrible story about a good story or, you know, terrible happening about foreigners being treated badly and thrown into police vans, et cetera. But we kept seeing the same footage over and over again and the same community activists speaking about how wonderful this was over and over again. I won't mention which television station this was. <laughs> but, um, you know, I thought, was there nothing else happening in the day that they could have covered? And, um, you know, not to, to say that the global north is better than the global south, but I've noticed on uh, BBC every single day, there's a slot that, uh, you know, has some kind of coverage on um, climate change. And it's very educative. So every single day that you're watching it, you're finding out something about rising sea levels, about the Antarctic, about plastics. And there are a lot of African countries that are doing amazing work on plastics and uh, oceans and stuff like that, you know, actually banning it. And cleaning up seas, and for somehow with South Africa, with all its resources and human power, etc., we don't seem to, in the media, or uh, as broad activist circles to be catching on to this that it's important
0: and um, that we need uh, a
1: lot of public education about it.
0: My last question to you, prof, is just maybe uh, because you're sitting in the in, in the lecture rooms with young people and, and mm-hmm. you were just saying earlier, you know, you don't know what the answer is to, to shrinking budgets and so on. And I wonder, you've just spoken about let's say dipslut as, as as an example, that maybe the thing to have done there is to cover different angles around. So the, the the reporter is there, the camera person is already there. So the thing maybe to do is to, you know, diversify the one reporter and the one cameraman to say, okay, that's the one angle. And another mm. angle is maybe, you know, litter. And another yeah. angle is maybe transportation or whatever the case may be. Mm. And and maybe that's just maybe what we need to do in, in, in equipping our journalists in being multi-skilled maybe. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, for sure, and I think in in the lecture uh, halls that we teach, we try and bring in all the different aspects, the different multiple angles to one particular story. There's gender, there's feminism, there's the environment, as you're saying, and litter. There's xenophobia, there's afrophobia. There are uh, the way police treat, uh, you know, human beings when they are arresting them, for example. So they're different, they're very, very different angles and we don't have to repeat the same old angle. For one story, you could get five different sources and come up with five different angles. And, um, you know, it's not, so it's not just about new genes being depleted. There's also a lack of training today and that's also related to the depletion of resources, um, as well. I don't know if it's a good enough excuse to say there are no resources to train. But it's absolutely essential to train journalists, to go out and get multiple sources. Um, You know, and and I I actually think it's very, very sad, indeed, that these have disappeared. We absolutely need these, and we need specialist people on specialist issues. It can't just all be politics, politics, politics. That is our life in South Africa, you know. Uh, It's the life of of the world as well, but, you know, politics is completely related to climate change. As I just pointed out the example right now about ESCOM and coal, for instance, you know, it's politics and it's the environment. So here's a very important nexus at the heart of uh, climate change and at the heart of politics, at the heart of ANC politics, at the heart of everything, and, and, and it's up to us as media to make the connections for the public
0: just just a quick one from you, in terms of you know right here and right now, without changing budgets and so on, and the number of journalists in the newsroom, what can be done today to change the narrative and how we see ourselves and tell the stories ourselves?:
1: So, well, I think we have to be picking out what are the important issues. You know everything is important, but we've got to do priorities as well What, what are the issues? that are not tackled, that are not put on on diaries, on the news agenda. And I'm saying one of the issues is the issue of climate change. You know, there's the issue that just broke out now with the Ugandan climate change activist, Vanessa. And uh, it raises the issue of racism, so everyone gets, um, you know, hit up about it, and so they should. That's exactly correct, that that should happen. But there's more to it than just about racism in media you know there's also the bigger issue and the broader issue about climate change and what we as part of the continent in africa should be doing and then specifically in south africa what we should be doing you know gaps are have to be identified which is what we're doing now and we're having this kind of discussion
0: Prof, well, it was lovely talking to you. Thank you very much for making the time, Professor Glenda Daniels, who's associate okay. professor of media studies at Vits University, and that's really uh, something we should all be thinking about. That conversation will be available as a podcast on our social media platforms, and you're more than welcome to tweet us as well at SAFM Radio. You can tweet me at Pemelo Modene. and the hashtag is SAFM Life Happens.